Welcome to the Latina Confidential Podcast. Hola everyone, welcome to the Latina Confidential Podcast. This is your host, Andrea. I want to thank everyone to take time every day to listen to the podcast. I hope you're all doing great. Today I'm so excited because we're joined by Daisy, who is a stay-at-home mom of three children and a first-gen Mexican-American. Daisy has recently entered a healing and boundary-setting era, and she's brought the topic of toxic family and in-laws to the table, so we'll be talking about the ups and downs of communication with her family as they navigate these challenging relationships and the strategies she's found to be effective in setting boundaries. Get ready for an insightful and inspiring conversation as Daisy shares her journey and experience with us. Before jumping to the episode, I just want to say a quick disclaimer and let you know that the audio quality of the conversation isn't quite up to the usual standard. We had some technical issues despite our best efforts to improve it, I wasn't able to achieve the level of clarity that we strive for in the recordings. We even considered re-recording the conversation, but ultimately decided against it because the content of our discussion and conversation was just so honest and genuine. We hope that you can bear with us and enjoy the conversations since these stories deserve to be heard and I'm sure a lot of you will be able to relate to this. Honestly, it was such a honest, vulnerable and genuine conversation. So yeah, thank you and let's jump to it. Hi Daisy, I'm so glad to have you here. When you brought up the topics that you wanted to talk about, like, you know, boundaries and in-laws, that's something I think that, you know, as Latinas, we always hear that, like, I always heard that you don't marry that person, you marry, like, the family. We're just so close to our families. In other cultures, maybe they just, like, very independent. Yeah, I think that um, I've been married for 10 years, and, you know, one of the first advice that my mom gave me was, his family is not going to be your family. Don't vent to them, you know. Nunca, si te enojas con él, do not tell your mother-in-law, his brothers, anything, you know. Like, you tell me the same, like, don't tell your brothers, don't tell your dad. Then it changes the whole family dynamic. Um, y me ha costado to build a boundary, and I'm learning about it. It's taking a lot of therapy and, you know, just talking to my partner because I feel like I've gotten to the point where it's like, wait a minute, my mental health has been, like, declining because I've always been a yes person. And with being a yes person, a lot of problems have not submerged, but, you know, I'm in the process of healing a lot of things, so I feel like those are my I'm healing my inner niña, you know, my dad passed away tragically, so I'm dealing with grief for a long time, and I'm healing from the fact that my little one was born deaf. So, and if I'm quite honest, you know, I know this is a little bit out of but just to give a little bit of background, I'm in my era where it's like, todo se me junto, and it's just like pasta. And with that came learning how to do or set up boundaries for my family, for my in-laws, you know. And it's hard. It's such a hard topic. It's a taboo topic because everybody I talk to, which isn't much, but still they're like, I don't know how you dealt with this. And I'm like, I think that's why my mental health was declining, you know, because we feel like family's everything. And I'm learning what dynamics I want in my own family. You know, I have three kids, you know, I have my husband for 10 years. And I've been quite honest, I've always, like, since we got married, I always lived with a brother-in-law. I think there was only a couple of months where, you know, my first brother-in-law moved out. We had, we moved to a new place for a couple of months. We got our own house about seven years ago. And during that time, my one of my brother-in-law came and I moved in with 
months. And we were like, yeah, you know, he's coming from New Jersey. We are like, yeah, totally fine. You know, like, I love my brother. But it became six years. And it took a toll. And, you know, it was fine. We've never had practice, you know, decisions that we had to make. And it got to a point where it's like, I want certain changes. You know, I have to pick from the outside. And um, I set a boundary where I don't want to be forced to go to a place where I don't, um, I don't want to go, you know, and my husband was like, no, you know, what are they going to say? You know, I got so hurt. <laughs> I dealt with that, like, from my mom, you know, like, <laughs> and I was like, you're not my mom, you're not my dad, you're my husband, you're supposed to support me, you know, and I feel like it's, it's just so hard to get them to understand that. And if I'm very honest, like I dealt with mean girl behavior sometimes from that side of the family. And that's where it's like, yeah, like I I can't do it anymore. I, I take accountability that mean or had mean girl behavior, but most of the time it's just like I can't keep trying or letting them in my where, you know, that thing you love is not you know, it's not respected and it's not given to those certain things. More than anything, I've always asked myself, like, am I crazy? Like, is it too much to place those barriers or am I supposed to be keeping stuff as they where it's like, no, like, yeah, family is everything, you know? Because again, like I said, I'm dealing with a lot of feeling, but I'm studying under But yeah, that's what I've been dealing. I don't know if it's not that like a lot. Actually, when you mentioned that todo se te juntó, I think. As women in general, we're always, I don't know, it feels like we, we're born with this like chip that we can never complain that it's too much. Like we have to deal with everything. And if we have like a thousand things happening to us and if it's like taking a toll on our mental health, no podemos decir nada. It's like we have to just stay silent and deal with it. And it's very hard. Like you reach a point when it's just too much to handle. And then it's worse because, you know, you've been like, accumulating all these things. So when you, it's like you explode, you know, it's me ha pasado que... See, like you, it's just too much. But I think it's really hard to kind of have this mind shift. And also, I think with healing, the thing is that at least for me, sometimes, as you said, you feel guilty for wanting to heal. I was thinking about this today because I share a post about healing. And I was thinking about this, like I almost think about this every day because... I, Every day for me, it's hard to like set up boundaries with my family. and But that's part of my healing process. But that's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of the opposite of what my parents taught me while growing up. So it's really hard to, to find a balance between healing and like being okay with your family and, and not feeling like you're like letting them down or that you're failing as a daughter or, you know, as a wife. It's really hard to find a balance. I've worked a lot like with my therapist to not feel guilty Because in order to be like our best version, we need obviously to heal. But there's just so much that we need to heal that sometimes it, it's like a mountain of feelings. And sometimes we, no sé, a mí me pasa que siento que al hacer eso, like I'm being como malagradecida con mis papás o con mi familia. Sometimes it feels like when you want to heal, you're kind of going against them or they feel you they make you feel like you're going against your family and yeah it's it's very hard when I think about it you know just having like a relationship or you know a marriage is already hard so when you add up to that equation like living with your family in law even if it's your like I think you said that you love your brother-in-law but it's not the same as sharing basically your marriage and your home with him right it's very different there was a point where it's like I literally felt not that I was married but People, but like I don't know how to describe it. It's like it was a roommate that was there 
long time and I, he's well like me having bad days you know he's often having a good day and like I said I love him but it was just like I don't want this like you know I know I didn't want it for a long time and the thing is like I felt everybody just has to comfortable like I'm very social you know it it was kind of I had my brother here like I treated him like a brother you know there was never any problems like that yo he estado like historias donde todo termina mal and you know family is family but at time I learned we can still be family and have our own life and our own boundaries in our own, which is very important to me right now especially in this healing process when you mentioned that you felt like to a certain point you were malagrasiva and stuff like that like I felt like that and I recently found about it and keep in mind I feel like my relationship always closer to my dad. He was never really affectionate, but I just felt closer to him. And after his passing, it's like I had to learn how to love my mom. And I mean, you know, I had to become friends with her. Not that I was never a friend with her, but no confiaba mucho en ella. Like, we never had that relationship. And, you know, I really had a deep, deep, deep. And I changed therapists maybe three or four times. And they were at first, um, they were white. And the first things went, like, do you know what my mom sounds like? And I was like, I talked to her, I tried to work with her, it didn't work out. I tried to suck from them. And maybe this would help any Latinx, Latina, if they're looking for therapy. It's like, don't be afraid to ask questions, you know, like, one of my biggest questions is always like, have you worked with anybody in the Latino community? Have you worked with, you know, machismo culture? Have you worked with, you know, sexual abuse? You know, these are questions that we have to keep in mind because at the end of the day, therapy helps us, but you're not supposed to be there. I feel like you're just talking to a wall. So that was my, a little bit of my journey with that. And that helped me find someone that helped me look through all of my trauma possibilities and come up with a better solution to my mom, you know, because I don't know about you, but my mom can be my, my face critic, you know. And, and then she'll be like, ah, yo no dije eso. And I'm like, yeah, you did. And she's like, no, eso escucha muy rudo. Yo te quise decir eso y eso de otra forma. And I'm like, it didn't come out that way that first. So I was just like, okay, so it came to a point where I told my mom, like, yo, there's some things that I can tell you where I feel like it's been easier to talk to my dad because he's not here. So he can't fight me <laughs> or argue me. You know, I feel like wherever he's at, I feel that part because I talked to him, like I talked to his soul. You know, and I meditated on it. But when it came to my mom, it was very scary because, like, mommy, like, you would not be like now. Like, I know that maybe you guys weren't educated the right way. You know, my dad, his father died when he was, I think, eight years old. So he had to stop school and start working. And my mom, the same, you know, she only went up to second grade. So we had little to no education. And they come from a bunch of so I'm sure if you're familiar with that, but that's like a totally different world. And, you know, like my mom, I think she was very submissive and it comes to the point where she feels like I need to be submissive, but I'm like a wild child that's like, no, you know, I can't be like that. I can't 
can't, I can't, you know, force myself to try and tame myself and not let myself go with my emotions. Because sometimes it's like, no control. So when it came down to me, be like, oh, yeah, I can feel like my baby felt me. She's like, this is what I'm talking about. You know, do you still have a job? Nunca te faltó nada. And then, like, once I laid it down, I felt like maybe it was too much for her, where she was like, she became kind of offended. And I was like, oh, like, I'm not telling you this to offend you. Like, don't. I was like, to a certain point, I was like, this isn't about your feelings. It's about me. Don't take it that way. You know, and the conversation had to end right there because I felt like she took it offensively. And after that, I took my siblings, and their way of seeing me has always been a child. You know, the stubborn one. Like to them, like nothing could happen to me. You know. So once I complained, they were like, "You have everything. You have a good husband. You have this. You know, the disguise." And I'm just like, "There's more to that." You know, like it was just very draining for a long time. That this is kind of gets like I gap and just keep pushing. And it got to the point where I was like, "No." I and I prayed a lot about it, and I meditated, and I was just like, "Something has to change." Like a picture on Instagram that was like, "What your great grandma couldn't yell, your grandma yelled." And I have two girls, and I I told my mom I was like, whatever we've been through stops with me. Like I'll be damned if this keeps going on because this is a generational curse where we don't know boundaries. She didn't understand, and I felt like she kept feeling attacked. And I was like, listen, this is what's helping me heal. And I told her I was like, creo que hay partes de ti como mujer, como mamá, tienes que sanar. You know, I'm like, yo no sé cómo fue tu niñez. But I can kind of imagine. I was like, and there's certain parts where you have to heal. Like it's not too late. Yeah, you can be very religious and you can put it all in God. I'm like, pero también tienes que poner de tu parte. It's not only about praying. Yeah, praying helps a little bit, but talking helps more. One thing that she told me is like, without lo que dices, porque tus palabras tienen un poder. And I was like, well, mommy, that comes with healing. And one thing that I wanted to tell you that maybe you can help because it helped with my mom was like, mommy, like, tienes que pensar en este tiempo yo una niña o yo era una adolescente. Donde son etapas de la vida que se necesita mucho más esfuerzo de un padre. And yeah, like, because I'm not here that try or try. But I try to make it mental for them, you know. And I always try to be careful because me as a child that has been through stuff, like, I know that I can be trying to make, like, the best cookies with them and stuff like that. But if I argue with my husband, I know that they're not going to remember the cookies. They're going to remember mom and dad were fighting. So that aspect, when I gave it to my mom, when I was like, sometimes you just have to put yourself in my shoes and not how I felt and how certain situations make me feel it's never too late you have benefits you know like this is where it comes in like the breaking generational curses you know and it that conversation if i'm very honest with you like it broke my heart and i shut myself out mentally and emotionally for a couple of times until like when we i was having a conversation with my husband and then it, and that combo ended but i felt like Como que yo en mi mente le estaba gritando, like, abrázame, necesito un abrazo, you know. And after the combo ended, like, I felt so alone. And I remember that one time I was like, damn, like, I have no one. I've never had anybody, you know, like, 
I'm sitting here trying to make boundaries and no one that's understanding where they're coming from. But at the same time, it's like my therapist after that, after that hour, like the next day I emailed her and I'm like, I need a session. Like, can we, you know, put it ahead of time? And one thing she was like, I think it was a breakthrough. You realize that your whole, this whole time you were on survival mode. And survival mode is one of the scariest things to be through. I realized that maybe a part of me wasn't as social as I thought. <laughs> it was just me trying to be there for someone or try to be nice to people and try to make create memories with like my nieces, my nephews, my in-laws, you know, my brothers. And it was to make memories. And this all relates the boundaries because once she told me like and this is my therapist when she was like you were survival mode and my mind just went and I was just like okay so it, everything that I've been feeling everything that I in my conscience you know that I've been feeling so I always expected someone to be for me because I always try to be for everybody else right but Deep down, the survival mode came from the little girl who needed someone to be there for her desperately. And I'm just like, holy crap. Like, so that's where I'm at right now. So when I told you, like, I wanted to talk about this, it was because I feel like sometimes we can feel that we're alone and that no one understands that. Uh, I mean, so no one understands us, sorry. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, having this conversation with you, it's like, no, we really go through this. Like, you know, this is, I finally meet someone that understands a little bit of what I've been going through, you know, and it sucks that we've experienced these feelings, but it's also empowering to know that these spaces are created, you know, like your page, your podcast, it's created to open these taboo subjects. That way, you know, it can get people started to talk and to dance because at the end of the day, everybody has to take care of themselves in order to be okay and in order to have breakthroughs. And within my breakthrough, I can be very honest. It's been very emotional. And right now I'm at the phase where it's like, I'm choosing me and... If that comes off as being bad, then you're yelling to look at You know, like it's okay that I choose myself. Again, going back to the combo that I had with my husband, where he's like, "Es que te van a criticar." I was just like, I rather be alone and restore myself because I now realizing that I was a people pleaser has made me realize, okay. A lo mejor un bien y un mal. And that's like a little bit way too more personal where I'm not the one to sit here and expose other people's life and stuff. I could only speak on my behalf. But ahora estoy dealing with those consequences where it's like if you're married, you really have to set boundaries because sometimes we do get too comfortable. And one thing that I do want to thank my mom for is for always telling me his family will never be your family because that's so true we all get along good but i know at the end of the day you know it's always gonna be him over me you know because that's just how the family dynamics work and it's a very hard place to sit here and be vulnerable and talk about these things you know because for a long time i felt like I was crazy and I was like, no, like I was letting intrusive thoughts win and I was just like, no, my therapist told me, okay, you might enjoy being alone for a while.
because you're coming from a social life and now you're going to want to go into like a restrictive mode like me myself and I well that's going to be very dangerous and I never understood it until like she's like you're going to start dealing with intrusive thoughts and as a person as that has dealt with severe depression and anxiety like yeah that's I was like wait you're telling me that the thoughts that I've already had since I was little, they're going to be worse. And she's like, what do you mean since that you had? I was like, well, yeah, like the way you explain intrusive, I'm sorry, intrusive thoughts. I was like, I was like, so going back to survival mode, like I, I dealt with this, you know, I'm like, so people like normal people, they don't have an inside voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're so like, used to it that it's like, oh, like, hay gente que no escucha esto, que no tiene eso. And my mind was very quiet. And I was like, where are they? <laughs> <laughs> Where's that voice? Está muy silencioso. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, life can be a trip, man. It's, it's so hard. And así nos podemos vivir más. And like listening to these podcasts really helped. I know they help me. Like I'll be working out, and I'm just sometimes I don't want to hear music, so I just put a podcast. And you know, sometimes I'll be laughing mid set because I'm like, "Hey, I that. You know, like how crazy is that? You know." But again, it's because once it's out there, it feels more alive. I'm not in this alone. You know, I totally get you. But I'm not the first daughter or the eldest, but I am. And I can say that those responsibilities are put on me at a very young age. You know, I'm first-gen Mexican-American coming from parents who are from a rancho that spoke no little to none English. You know, my own to this day, casi no habla English. So, you know, one thing that I told my kids is, like, you know how lucky you guys are that me and dad, we speak English. Como dice mi mamá, es la vida you know yeah and it's okay like yeah eso de es la vida que te tocó también es algo que se escucha mucho and it usually it's like oh es la vida que te tocó like you don't have to say anything about it you cannot complain about it that's it like that's the life you got and you don't. but that's what we're trying to do right like to change the narrative like yeah. yeah es la vida que me tocó but I can change stuff and I can oh, yeah. I don't have to follow that pattern like with my kids I don't have to even with myself like it's okay to change things and just because es la vida que me tocó no tiene que seguir tocándote like forever right yeah definitely one of the biggest wishes and manifesting ritual that I did to bring in the new year is a place in prayer and within that I was just like, I don't want to be one of your biggest partners this year. I'm bad. You know, I don't want to keep fighting. I don't want the narrative to be like, this is the life you got. You have to deal with it. You know, I'm like, let this year, whatever happened through it, like, to better me as a woman for the next year. And so far, nothing would. It's been, thank God, there's been a lot of healing and there's more boundaries and there's more understanding from those that are around me. To, from those that are understanding, well, it's like they say, those who mind don't matter and those who don't matter, you know? Um, and one thing that has changed especially after my dad passed away in 2014, was that incited fear. My dad passed away very tragically. 
he passed away in a, he was working construction, graveyard shift. Unfortunately, a 19-year-old came, struck him. He didn't make it. So that was actually a news. It was very traumatizing itself because at that time I was pregnant with my second child. When the detective went to the old address where I used to live, that dad had under his the lady that, you know, she's a big family friend of ours. She was like, you can't tell her she's pregnant. And if anything happens, I'm going to blame you and I'm going to sue you type of thing. So they got this is where the fear of the phone ringing, of the phone getting a message, you know, my heart would always start racing. And like now, like if my mom doesn't answer my calls, and I think my siblings all share that same trauma. Like, we'll text each other, like, have you talked to mom today? When's the last time you talked to mom? Are you sure you talked to her, like, five minutes ago? We've gone to the extent of having someone go to my mom's house. Because my mom's with my older brother. My mom doesn't drive. So when she doesn't answer the phone, like, something must be really going on, you know? And that's the fear that I have. And I know my siblings share it, even though we don't talk about it much. If I'm very honest with you, it sucks to set boundaries because it's like, that's the only parent I have. It sucked to lose my dad because with that, I felt like the one person who would protect me at all costs is gone. But as the healing took place, I, I sometimes felt, like I said before, like I take two steps forward and then take three steps back. And I realized that was self-sabotage because I intrusive thought would be back. So what's helped me besides therapy is going to the gym and journaling. And I'm going to be very honest. I spent most of my time in very deep depression with anxiety and things that I've done now. Why did it take me so long to start making these changes? Why did it take me so long? I feel like I wasted my time. And it comes with what you said, like, a lot of the stuff that happens in our early adulthood, which is like your 20s, where there's this stigma that you have to know what you want, that you have to have it all together. And now, like, I just turned 30, and if you ask me, I feel like I just turned 20, because it's like, now I have a better, more understand what I want. You know, like, I don't have those doubts, or, and I don't have that fear. And with me, I was raised on fear. I was raised on my mom's fear. And that was something that would not allow me to evolve. Because even to this day, one of my biggest fears was driving. And it created more anxiety when my dad passed away because of the way he passed away. And even to this day, like, I've learned how to drive Maybe not on the highway or expressway, but, you know, I can get from point A to point B now. And my mom will still sit there and be like, no, I gotta do Nubes. And I'm like, no, Nubes, like, I don't. And she'll be like, no, like, you're the lady middle. And I'm like, no, like, stop. And I had a talk with her because lucky for me, and I don't think I took based on my suegros this whole time. Um... My sogros don't live here. They live in Mexico. They live in Morelia. And although I do believe that his family will never be my family, and it's not because anything happened again. It's just la ley. 
¿Qué te puede decir? I believe that I got my suegra because she has given me words of encouragement that I wish I got from my mom. You know, like, and I told her, like, it's because my mom raised me on tears. My mom raised me with what she knew. And that was fierce and being submissive. And, you know, just staying to yourself. Like, even if you're surprised or sad, like, you never tell anybody because they can use that against you. As opposed to my suegra, she's such a strong woman, full of love, that I feel like she's my second mama. I call her mama Nino. And I told my mom, like, I don't call my suegra suegra. I was like, I call her mama nena. I've been very vulnerable with her. And, you know, she's respected boundaries since day one. So with that, I, oh, I got lucky with my suegra, you know. We have a good bond. And that's also something that I know that hurt my mom. But I, I tell her, I'm like, hey, Yo sé que si me hubiera tocado una mala suegra or like in laws, we would have had a issue with it too. So I'm like, let's just make the best of what we got in this scenario, you know. And a lot of my healing has been because of her, because she told she's very religious for sure. But she's also been very open minded with me, with like the way that I speak and stuff like that. So, like, I told her, I was like, I believe. God shaped me to the woman that I am today. Creo que puedo decir que el ser papá o mamá, like, it doesn't come with an instruction. It's literally a instruction not included. So I think it's a never-ending, you know, topic. And this is gonna, I believe it's gonna be a continuance. I feel like this world needs more empathy. They need more love, you know, and they need more understanding. Because ahorita como vamos, así como el mundo, I feel like it's been very hard, you know. It's something that we all need to come together. You know, again, like I keep saying, these platforms are very good because they give us a voice and they give us that empowerment to be like, it's okay to change family dynamic. And I think that's very important. Like with you, I felt like we had a good conversation and that uh, we were both validating each other. Like, oh, I feel, I felt the same way. I went through the same. So I feel like it's so amazing. Yeah, we feel seen and heard and yes, yeah, yeah. validated. Yeah. Oof. First of all, I just want to say that, oh my God, I've been through so much. Y la verdad de todo corazón, siento mucho por lo que pasaste y has pasado. And I, I don't know, I just, like you were talking, I was just, like, I don't even think you realize how, how strong you are. And you've been so strong. And, and maybe that's the case for a lot of people that we don't even realize, you know, that we, we are strong, you know, because when yeah. we're feeling vulnerable, we feel like very, I don't know, like we're not doing enough or that we're not strong enough. But I think it's the opposite, you know, and in your case, ha sido muy fuerte. And I don't know, I just feel like, you know, I want to give you a hug. The man won't have a distancia. Thank you for sharing all of this, for being vulnerable. I want to say thank you for having me on. And I wish you nothing but success going forward. And ojalá un día también otra vez nos podamos conectar. And I hope that your audience really enjoyed this because I enjoyed it. 
Thank you for being vulnerable and trusting my platform to share your story. It truly means a lot. That's a wrap for today's episode of the Latina Confidential. I want to thank Daisy for joining us and sharing her story and insights on toxic family relationships and boundary setting. Her journey is a powerful reminder that it's never too late to make positive changes in our lives and relationships and that setting healthy boundaries is key to your well-being and happiness. If you found today's episode helpful or inspiring, please share with your friends, rate it, and leave a review. I truly appreciate your support and feedback. And as always, keep an eye out for next episode. Next Monday, we're having another guest episode and on Wednesday and Friday, a Good Morning Amia episode. So yeah, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Latina Confidential and you can also send me an email to hello at thelatinaconfidential.com. Thank you guys so much again and I hope you have a great week.